Hello there and you're very welcome along to Barry Abbreviated. It's a podcast talking all things news and topics and movies. I hope you're keeping well. Uh, this week I am back finishing off the story of Donald Wallace. I am really sorry it took so long to get back to this. But things just got in the way. In hindsight I probably won't be doing stuff like this in the future. Unless I know I have a clear run at it. But I kind of feel what it's what this podcast is to me. It's a bit of a learning process seeing what I like doing what you like listening to and kind of what I'm capable of looking into while balancing everything. So uh, anyways, enough of me rambling, I'll get straight into it. So uh, when we left off, uh, Donald was well on the road to recovery. He was back getting active and exploring one of his newfound interests, cycling, and as he couldn't do any contact sports now. Uh, as Donald got more and more into cycling, he started talking about how he'd like to do the uh, do the Tour de France, but not as a professional racer, just an amateur. And from having such a passion in cycling, Donald joined in a stage of a cycle that goes from Mizzen to Malin. And for the stage that he joined, he actually got to lead the group into Tralee. But uh, Donald did hit a setback in September of 2012 when he was out cycling one day. He actually got hit by a car. He was left with a dislocated shoulder and a few bruises and cracked and crack ribs. He did manage to get an x-ray that same day and he was let home that evening so it wasn't that bad. But and like even Donald did find a silver lining to the whole situation. Just the fact that he wasn't hospi- in hospital to receive cancer treatment. Which I think is great. Um, you can look at it that way. Um, however, his shoulder never fully came around after that incident. And October time when uh, Donald had another uh, checkup appointment in Dublin with his doctor just to see how things are going that kind of thing and at the time he was still actually experiencing pain in the shoulder and when they told the doctor about this he immediately became very worried and had scheduled that Donald get a scan of his shoulder while they were up that very day and that same day Finbar and Donald were actually up in Donald for a celebratory lunch for them raising over 50k for Crumlin and while at the event Finbar did get the dreaded call that the cancer was back so after that event, they had to head back to the hospital and figure out where to go from there. So the doctor told them that the cancer had now become immune to the treatment and the cancer will now more than likely kill Donald this time around. So Donald realistically asked how long he had left and the doctor gave him just three to six months and advised the family to have an early Christmas. When word of this got home, family, friends, workplaces and rug clubs they all put money together to try and support the family and try to create experiences for Donald to have before he passed away and kind of help the cost for the funeral. And any money that was left over, they were going to donate to charity. Uh, the day after they they went up for a scan, they got uh, to get more answers. It actually came back. The results sent there actually were six very aggressive tumours growing inside Donald. And after that news settled in, they started making the most of the time they had left together. So they set their sights and headed to London. So a few of Donald's friends went off to England under the watchful eye of Finbar and I think one of his, I think his uncle as well. And while on the trip over there on the ferry, Finbar kind of thought to himself, like just like looking at the boys, how you wouldn't think a thing is wrong with him, but you just didn't, you're completely unaware of it, the fight that Donald was putting up with inside him every day. And um, on the first day in London, they were in Trafalgar Square, which is like a real touristy spot. And there's these big, famous like lion statues. So the boys decided to climb up and get up on top of them. And it turned out they actually nearly all of them got arrested for that. But luckily nothing came of it. 
and also on that trip uh, Donald had his first beer and when they also took a trip into Soho which is the red light district in London uh, when they were there a few of his taller friends did chance their arm at trying to get into one of the well, I'll call it explicit venues and um, the crazy thing is the bouncer did let them in but from the lad's reaction to being let in the bouncer then copped on that these boys were definitely underage and told them to go away so uh, as the weeks wore on the family held house parties at theirs and Donnelly stopped attending the school because what's the point may as well get out of there uh, although the school they did, they were great like they did keep in touch with him and if they were heading away on trips they always got in touch and for instance one time they were just heading away to was supposed to be heading away to a reading of Seamus Heaney's poetry, but it turned out to be a cover-up for a surprise trip. They're heading to an outdoor water sports centre, and to stop it all off, uh, Donald actually got headed away in the helicopter ride on that same day. And uh, During these times, Donald, he was still taking radiography treatment, never trying to slow down the cancer, and he was also put on uh, methadone, which helped give him energy. And uh, Methadone is a, it's a powerful type of it's a powerful type of drug that's kind of like morphine but it's just less drowsy and so with given this new lease of life he was like able to do more things uh, one of the things he did end up doing was going to Paris uh, on their trip to Paris they went to Notre Dame and during that time there his parents kind of noticed a spiritual difference in Donald like they felt there was more of a spiritual awareness about him in the book they did say that God now had him by the hand and he kind of felt like he was walking into his arms so it feels like there's a level of acceptance for what was about to happen to him. And from this new level of awareness, Donald then started looking into suicide with the young people as like as his own self, as he was fighting just for his own life. So one day one when Donald was receiving the Kerry's Eyes Local Hero Award, he was asked by a journalist if he had written anything other than his essay that was famously I talked about that in the last podcast, I think. And Donald actually had written another piece. Uh, but he didn't want to, um, well, he expressed his thoughts on the pain he felt for young people committing suicide, although he didn't want this piece actually be published when he was alive. He kind of wanted that to be, let people know about it after he'd passed on, but when that letter went out, uh, Donald was kind of put as a spotlight, as almost as a voice against suicide, and from that experience, he got this entirely new level attention from the media, and from all that attention, he actually got invited on the Saturday Night Show with Brendan O'Connor. And that actually probably would have been the first time I actually heard of Donald Wall. So probably if, if he didn't publish that letter, I don't know what the world would be like today compared to. So actually, after before appearing on that show with Brendan, Donald, he was a bit shy with him. And Brendan was a bit unsure how the interview was going to go. But uh, anyway, that interview happened and the rest is kind of history. And one of the main things that I took away from the interview was the incredible perspective that Donald had on life. The fact that he was now looking at things from a different point of view, that he only thought of all the good things and just what he was leaving behind. And he only had his, his mind put on the time he had left to actually do something with it. And I just think that's one of the most incredible things that I learned was the fact that he was trying to prepare his family and his friends for the time after he was, go after he was gone. And I really think it put kind of puts into perspective to how much of a great opportunity that we have when we have see how much we've gone for us and just when you see that through someone else's eyes and how everything is about to just be taken from theirs. And he also spoke about on the show that that, that he is going to, things he will miss the most is just his family and friends growing up and he just won't see that. Anyways, after that 19 minute long 
interview, Donal received like an overwhelming outpouring of support from all over the country. And Donal was actually quite partial to reading the letters that the girls sent him. He quite loved them. I think a few of them did comment on him, calling him quite handsome, which I think that goes that helps. <laughs> but um, actually, from some of the attention from the television, actually wasn't all positive. As some people weren't quite happy with his feedback as how he talked about he was very blunt and direct how he felt about people committing suicide and particularly how about said that the mess that they left behind. But I think that's just kind of through his eyes he can kind of cut through that as he was staring death in the face really. But uh, weeks later it could be seen that uh, Donal was getting weaker every day as he started to sleep in longer every day. And by the time summer came around he was really starting to realise he was living on borrowed time. The tumours were starting to become more visible and his bones were becoming extremely brittle. And it was like taking about 10, between 10 and 15 minutes just to walk up the stairs. And as his health deteriorated, the family were told to make calls to the to calls to say they have their final goodbyes. And on one occasion, when like this photo family were in his room, like Donald, he was even he was just barely breathing at the stage, but he could just muster up a bit of humour and told them, like, oh lads, I'm not going anywhere. And on the Sunday of that week, when they were told to get the family around them. Uh, they were taken at shifts to be in the room to make sure Donal was never alone. And later on that evening, they noticed his breathing breathing becoming extremely faint. So the family all rushed into the room and they actually were all there for Donal's passing. And that was on the 12th of May, uh, 2013. And that is where I'm going to leave it at for this. I apologise as this seems a bit rushed. I'm just trying to balance things, school and all that at the moment. And if you are interested in Donald's story, I can't recommend the book enough. The Donald's Mountain, it's amazing. And just the insight into it, it's got a whole personal view to it, which I really can't replicate talking about through this. I tried a wee bit, but hopefully hopefully you get it anyway. But um, next week's episode, I will be talking about Into the Spider-Verse. So if you haven't seen it, you got a week, get to it. And uh, yeah, uh, if you would like to get in contact with the podcast, you can do that at barryabbreviated at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram at barryabbreviated, so don't be afraid to get in touch through there. I'd like to thank Rob for putting these up. You can check them out in the description. And yeah, I think that is it. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Till next time, stay safe and goodbye.